What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of Dynasty Logic. I'm here. I'm Bobby. And over on the other side, welcome to Week 1, Tom. Week 1. Yay, football's back. Hopefully football's back. Hopefully everyone's a Week 1 winner, right? So, I mean, what a week. You know, it, I don't know about you, but uh, Week 1 to me still felt like week four of the preseason just with the starters playing the whole time you know what you're right you had a little bit of both right i I saw i understand what you're seeing and you had you know you had to put an example like that you had teams who were really good defensive teams play really good defense you know and then you had teams who were a struggling team in the offseason struggle week one so yeah you know and it's week one and i tell people and this is something we're gonna repeat it's week one don't overreact like just relax, and you know what everyone should be doing right now? Enjoying that football's here, right? That all your hard work in the offseason is either coming to fruition or it's going to fucking start to crumble starting in week two. But we're here to help you not have to crumble in week two, hopefully, and, you know, barring injuries. Uh, but, yeah, it was fun. You know, it's fun to sit back and just enjoy and watch football, and then, obviously, you know, we, we broke it all down later and went through games. Um, but... It was great. You know, it's honestly, it's 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 that sigh of relief when all off season as a dynasty owner, you're building, you're building, you're building, and then like, I you know, it, I talk about it tell you all the time. Like for me, it's like it's one of these things. Like you're building this, you're building this, building this, and then once week one hits for me, I'm like, all right, well, let's see what I got and let it run. So, Tom, I'm right there with you. It was fantastic to uh, to watch week one, sit down watch some, you know, watch the opening kickoff. Um, I'll be honest with you. I didn't have the opportunity to see the opening kickoff this week because I had the fun uh, opportunity to uh, unclog not only a sink, but a toilet. So that's that was how Thursday started for me. But Sunday got a whole lot better. That's true. But to, to preface this, Bobby also, Bobby also is a normal person and gets like real sleep where maniacs like me don't sleep and I'll stay up every night and watch every game. So Bobby does the smarter play in that one and fixing the toilet and going to bed. I, on the other hand, am a little more of a maniac and I'm like, ah, I'll watch this game, fall asleep on the couch. <laughs> uh, I'd be lying to you if I said I've never fallen on sleep, fallen asleep while, uh, while watching a game on the couch or something like that. Just didn't happen this Thursday. Sunday, on the other hand, when I got to watch you know, some red zone, I got to see I got to see kickoffs, you know, just beginning to end. It was fantastic. But yeah. then it what happened? A, it, what it happened? Was, it was it was fun. You know what's funny? Before we go into what happened, I'll tell you this because like I, I also got to enjoy kickoff. I got to enjoy a rare kickoff. Right? I got to watch the Eagles game with Eagles fans. That was a treat for me, right? That's a treat. If you've never watched a game with uh, and someone else's team is a fan, right? It, it, it's it's great experience because you got no cards in the game and you see how the fans react. And it honestly, it brought back a lot. It was it was fun. It was a good time. To, you know, 
you know, because I don't have a personal hat in that game. So, you know, it was fun to see how other people see their teams. It was that was a cool little experience. That was a nice way to kick off my week, you know. Unfortunately, I wish Atlanta played a little better in that game. I don't know what the fuck they were doing, but that's what that's what you see, you know, week one. You see it really was. It was a it was a tale of fucking, you know. I mean, honestly, everybody looked like it was preseason week four for us. Uh, yeah, it really did. It felt that way. Every once in a while, you would see something really clean, and then uh, you would see the mental errors, the fundamental errors. You would see the uh, the, Julio, the Julio Jones taking a swing at a corner. Yeah, that one's pretty terrible. Yeah, that's that's pretty terrible. And you know what else you did? It's funny because you're right. And the biggest thing that I saw, right, was a, a, a tale of really good coaching staffs on teams where you could see the first half and you could see a different game plan, right? You could see some teams made big adjustments in games in the second half and they changed their game plans. And other teams didn't do that. And you can kind of tell. Right? And, I, I mean, like I said, I mean, I happened to watch the Eagles game and I saw the Eagles do that. The Eagles were playing well. I thought the Falcons were playing good enough in the first half, but then they just didn't do anything else. Like they never, they, they never did anything. Like you know, we saw teams flip a script as we saw on the Monday night game. Why? I mean, Baltimore comes out in the first half, they're controlling that game, and all of a sudden Gruden goes in the second half and they change it up and they find weaknesses. And that's a lot, a lot of what I saw in Week One. I saw a lot of teams who were really good and adjustments had better coaching staffs, and then you know teams struggling to find, you know, their offenses, defenses, and a lot of new pieces. You got to remember about, what is it? I think there's 15 starting new quarterbacks in the NFL. All right. It's a huge number. So those it's half, almost half the league. So you're going to have adjustments, right? You're going to have, like you said, a little rust, a little, you know, dust kicking off in the next couple of weeks. And then, you know, we, I, I always say to people, you know, come October is when, you know, that's where you should be full spread and, there shouldn't be a mental, but even some of the mental stuff, like that Julio Jones thing, like that's even as Rabel said, like, come on, man, that's not coaching, that's not practice, that's just that's just doing stupid things. Like that's just mm-hmm. kind of doing stupid things. You can't you can't do stuff like that. I mean, that, that that one that play changed the game, you know, and that's people don't realize like there's swings in games where you do a stupid thing and you change the whole philosophy of the game, and all of a sudden, you know, it's funny how one swing swung the game. <laughs> you're, you're right. You're That's right. terrible. You're it's right. terrible. You're right. That's you're right, right up there with any terrible dad joke. Yeah, but tra- glad tried, to assist. He tried to put that corner on his back, right? Didn't he? Is that what he tried to do? <laughs> I'm gonna go with this, right? We can go all uh, day with this. Yeah, uh, we shouldn't yeah. though. No. We definitely shouldn't. <laughs> no, that deserved it. That deserved it. Yeah, I, I, I don't care what the guy said today. You just don't see, you're a professional. You don't take a swing at people, especially that play. Like, I mean, I, I, I re I watched that game and I was like. What are, you, what are you doing? Like I said, it was third and one. Take a swing. Now it's third and 16. They punt. I think it was 10 nothing. Next thing you know, now it's 17 nothing. Game oh, changes. The Raiders did something similar to that, too. And I mean, yes. we, we obviously have a bunch of football to talk about. There were a lot of great things. Uh, and we're certainly not trying to trying to hone in on some of the, the bonehead mistakes. But, you know, why do you do the hard count at the end of, uh, at, at the, at the end of that fucking Raiders game where you're you're going in, it's either second and one or third and one, and the hard cadence comes in. Now your rookie offensive lineman jumps off sides because, I don't know, it's kind of a big play for him. Now it's third and fucking six at the goal line, and, and you blow it. And yeah. It, well, to defend, defend that a little bit, 
he was playing well. well I'll put that on tackle. I agree. It's a, it's oh, a I'm, I'm not defending it's, that. I'm just def- I'm trying to figure out why Carr would do it in the first place. More than anything, you, if you're gonna do a hard count, right? You don't know if it was on Carr. That could have been a coaching call. Okay. It probably was a coaching call. Well, I mean, I, I, I would I, guess well, I would guess that's a coaching call, and they saw something. They were trying to make somebody jump to do something else. But you know what? Well, I mean, there's a lot of plays that we honestly, if we went through plays every single play, yeah, we 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 yeah, of course, hundred percent. But you know what's funny is that one didn't hurt them. Like you know, we talk about bonehead plays that cost people games. Well, like, they that one closed did. out the game early. Yeah, no, they could in overtime. They totally could have closed that out. Agreed. But um, you know, more than anything. One of the coolest new things for me this uh, this season, um, ESPN was finally doing something that was interesting, <laughs> and the brothers Manning put together a very good Monday Night Football alternative to watch. Not the regular game. You weren't listening to the play-by-play by by the actual, um, you know color commentators, but what you got was some Hall of Fame insight on the game. And that to me, you know, once you once they got into their own rhythm as they're watching the game, they're bringing on different guests and stuff like that. It was really cool to watch. Uh, and Russell Wilson at the end of the game too was really good about, you know, uh, talking about different coverages and blitz schemes and you know, I personally didn't watch it, and again, I'm on the other side of the spectrum. But I had a novice football, for, you know, friend of mine, right? Doesn't do fantasy, right? Only watches, you know, football. It's on prime time, right? The novice fan, right? He was one of the prime examples where he was so excited to tell me about that announcement, and he was so excited because he told me he goes, "I never knew what this play call, or I didn't never knew what this guy did, or I never knew what that meant," and that was awesome. That was awesome to hear. And when I read about it and I talked to a few novices about it and they all enjoyed it because they didn't, you know, they don't know that stuff where I am. I am a maniac and I honestly don't need to hear that stuff because I am pretty well, good about calling well, out a lot of it. But like for novices and people who want to learn football, honestly, I think it's fucking phenomenal. I think it produces more knowledge in the game and it, and it helps. And especially from an IDP perspective, you know, which we, you know, which we love. Right, I think it helps people identify, you know, defensive players and schemes and 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 just different movement, and, and that was great. I mean, hearing this from novice, right, who couldn't tell me like the difference between a tackle and a guard, right, on the line, they really couldn't tell me that. They really don't know the difference, right? But now they understand that, right, because of that. They, like they're telling me stuff on the oh, I, and now I know what a slant is, right? This guy had no idea what a slant is before Monday night, but now he knows what it is. I'm like. You know, it, it, it's one of the cool things because uh, the NFL does a lot of things. Sometimes they suck and then sometimes they're fun. And I think this is a fun thing. I think this helps bring a lot of love to football and a lot of the intricacies that we know about because we're hardcore maniacs. Other people don't like they don't know you know what cover two is. and They don't know what a four, three, three, four is. So to have, you know, like you said, Hall of Famers and professionals tell these people in a fun aspect. I thought it was great by the NFL. I, I, honestly, I thought it was all around, and it, it it builds the game and gets more people loved, and that's all we want: more people to get into it, right? Well, hundred percent. And by no stretch of the imagination am I a novice to football, but uh, you know that's where it was actually really fun to see a different perspective because the color commentators half the time I want to mute when I do mute. I actually don't watch with the sound on. 
And you're right, you're not a novice, but some one of us had to watch that broadcast. So I watched the other one, and I literally don't usually have sound on with that. <laughs> so you're right. Well, so um, so regardless, uh, if you want to watch just 20 minutes of gold, we can post it on our on on our Twitter, um, and just check out well, check out that YouTube clip. It's a 20 minute YouTube clip of just the overtime just the overtime front soup to nuts from 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 the coin toss to the end and it was pretty cool to watch so uh you know that was that was my fun takeaway for the week um you know what about you tom what do you got for fun takeaways this week fun takeaway of the week um you know what the only takeaway i have honestly is to tell people slow your roll don't overreact Right. Don't be the guy who comes up to me and tells me, that's it. I'm benching Aaron Rodgers. I'm going to turn and look at you and said, don't talk to me the rest of the season because you're out of control. I'm like, hey, don't, don't, don't be this crazy. Right? And honestly, for me doing this for so long, week one isn't a big reaction for me. For me, I, I have taken week one as enjoyment. Right? And again, you're right. And I've always taken week one as like that almost like extra preseason game. Like there's going to be rust and then like we can see, I can see a little bit of glimpses. I don't get everything that I think is going to happen the season, but if I get some glimpses of right or wrong, yeah, maybe I can get in on a guy or cut bait on a guy or, you know, do something like that. But a lot of times I think people overreact to week one and I don't do that. I enjoy it. I see where I see where I'm at. I mean, obviously mentally, I probably have better teams than most people because I did win most of my games. But, you know, they were close, and I had guys struggle. And, I, I mean, I'm not worried about, you know, people like, oh, Mike Evans didn't look good. Mike Evans is – is that's who he's going to be. Mike Evans is going to come out and get you five or six and then get you 26 and then get you eight. And then that, you got to live with that. Like, you got to understand who these players are. All right? So, you know, I, I'm never down on the, on, the, on the bad or the good. Uh, I try to find the in-between. Right? So that's, that's what I did. I honestly enjoyed week one. I enjoyed, you know, teams coming out and playing very minimum defense in a lot of these games. <laughs> yeah, uh, what well, the the scores in, in this week, you didn't really see much defense. Uh, teams that played well uh, defensively, Eagles. Um, no, uh, you didn't watch that game. I don't think so. Atlanta played bad in offense. No, no, Atlanta just played bad on offense, real bad. You know what? I was watching a lot of red zone. I understand. So that's probably why I I, get you. I didn't really oh, I got you. No, and, that, and from and, what I did see, you yeah. know, the Eagles shut down what they needed to shut down when they needed to shut it down. So Yeah, there wasn't much to shut down, but you're right. Uh, you know. So, Unfortunately, <laughs> trust me, I know. No Russell Gage misses two targets. Matt Ryan, I don't know what you're throwing to. It's just, so it was all around a disappointing uh, performance on their side. But on the other side, the Eagles look good. So yeah. So honestly, one of my favorite games this week was uh, uh, Chiefs versus the Browns. Why? Because the Browns actually showed up, started to not only play as if they're fluke like, uh, you know, they I really enjoyed Landry as a uh, just as a team leader and love Landry. I, I yeah, I, I mean, there was just there was a, really a lot to like. Play him, play, Cleveland. Him, play him this week too, Beckham's up. So Landry's gonna have another good game too. Uh just a lot of really good things. I mean, you know, uh Chubb played really well and 
ball distribution, all things considered. And it's not like the Chiefs are uh, – Chiefs don't have a terrible defense. They, you're, they kept... you're right. No, you're right. And, and it's honestly, if I didn't know you, I'd say you'd sound like a positive Browns fan. But I know you're not because you're right. They did have positives. They did look good. And they also look like a losing franchise. All right? Big lead. You're up in a game. What happens? Second half, you come out and you don't stop anybody. And you don't have to score people. Same old problem, right? Same old problem. I agree, but like their stars, you never worry about guys like Sean what I, play well. But like, I and I agree with you. Like that is the positive. You're right. But me and you, obviously, you always we have to play. But we play both sides, so you see the positive. I see, yeah, I see a game where they had a big lead in that game and basically couldn't put the team away. You had a chance to put the Chiefs away, and you never did it. But you're playing the Chiefs in Kansas City, and Arrowhead is not an easy stadium to play in to start off with. Let's. So the Browns come winners win. Right. And Cleveland doesn't know how to do it. They've been, uh, they're only 17. We won. So that's my only point. That's my only, and you're right. The positive is yes, they did look good, but But I have to come in when you're going to, you're going to, you're going to shine them up. I got to come in here and show you the one dull spot. I'm going to show you the one. You know, a, and that's, that's why I love you. Cause you will, even if I actually say something positive, the likelihood of you agreeing with the statement is I minimal. I agree with it. I just got to show the other side. I don't so, like. I don't like losses. I don't like excuses for losses. And we'll get to this later on to another example too. So, um, I did like the fact that you know on fourth down at the goal line, instead of taking the points, you're actually you're going for the touchdown. You know, and and. And they actually fucking got it, you know. But I think when you come out on the field and you're that, you're putting forth that much energy, the second half, I think they outgassed themselves. They weren't conditioned enough. And then they got outplayed. And it's not like Kansas City just Mahomes can't do Mahomes things and throw to Tyree Kill for 200, you know, plus yards. I mean, there was a lot happening there. I mean, that's a blunk. I mean, he got he got close to it. I mean, he pretty much torched him second. <laughs> he pretty much torched him second. Like, yeah, but like Kansas they, City does that to almost any team at any time. You have to contain Mahomes, and at some point, if the the levy breaks, you you know what Cleveland, Cleveland's levy broke. You're right. You're right. You'd be, you'd be more right, except the fact that they had what like a twenty point lead. So all they had to do is keep scoring. Kansas City couldn't have kept up with their score. They basically didn't score enough. Right, you're right. The defense couldn't help. But, like, yeah, the positive, yeah, absolutely. You know, and, again, on the flip side, like Kansas City, you know, people are like, oh, Kansas City struggling in the first half. Kansas City, we know. Obviously, you know, their defense isn't this strong suit. And that defense gets revamped every year. So it struggles a little bit to find its personality. And Andy Reid builds a speed defense, right? So that's a speed runaround chasing defense, right? It's not a big, hard tackle kind of defense. So they have those moments of where they give a point. But, you know, when you think you have enough points, all of a sudden Mahomes comes out and you blow in coverage and Tyreek Hill's over your head. And, you know, we drive down the field and then Travis Kelsey gets a touchdown on you. And the next thing you know, Hilaire's catching balls on the backfield because you you got double-team Tyreek Hill. And then all of a sudden you, your offense feels pressure and can't complete first downs. Exactly. Can't complete first downs. And every time you punt, they score and there goes your lead. The only thing Again, that prevent defense prevents is a win. And it goes back to the original point of, of teams who came out in the second half and made adjustments, like the Kansas City Chiefs, and where the Browns basically made no adjustments 
you know, and that's fine. Right. I mean, you can take positives. I mean, we, you know, and I, and I like the positives in the offense and especially, you know, without Beckham, I actually think they're a better team without Beckham. Honestly, I think they have better ball distribution. Um, and, um, the kids, the kids watch had a couple of good catches, which is nice. And the tight ends, you know, I think they're a better team when they run two tight ends. That's without Beckham and a little bit shorter. I think Baker's a little more comfortable. Um, but yeah, I mean, they're, they're a team who has talent. Like there's no doubt about the Browns have talent. It's just, you know, can you close it out? Right? Can you close out a game? Right. So yeah, yeah it's fun. They tried. So well, I, I mean, we could keep talking about teams that, you know, really shit their pants. Uh, I'll give you Detroit and San Francisco. San Francisco almost let Detroit back in with a minute left in the game. Prevent, yeah, yeah, prevent. You know, you 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 jump back, you play prevent, and you know they dump screens down and bust big plays on on prevent on prevent defense. And um, it, it's funny that you imagine that team to go with the Kansas City team. They run a very similar defense, right? A lot of speed. Right. They don't they're not they're the opposite of, say, a Tampa who's going to come hit a lot of wood or a Pittsburgh who's going to really hit you hard, play a little tighter. Um, it's similar to what, you know, Kansas City kind of runs like they have a lot of speed, right? A lot of talent, you know, one or good linebackers, but it's a lot of speed base. I mean, they did lose their running back in their corner. So that obviously hurt them uh, a little bit. But you're right. Sometimes these teams, you know, pull up the gas or again, like you said, it's week one. This is why I don't take a lot of stock into it, because like. They could have adjusted, and I watched this with Atlanta. Like I, I watched Atlanta try every. They must have tried every play in their book, and I saw some of these teams do that, like searching for an identity. They almost use week one to search for, like, hey, what's going to work for us in full game speed. And I saw a lot of that in a lot of games where they tried different things, and then either they didn't go back to it or they did, and you know that was that was fun. You know that was fun to see. Um, you know, and I think that's that's a big key that you see in teams of making adjustments in the second half. And that goes back to your, you know, week one's kind of like that weird last preseason game kickoff, you know, and I, and I thought it showed, I thought coaching, a lot of coaching won this weekend. I thought, you know, teams who made adjustments and you're right. It was close calls. Oh, right? I, I, mean, I, I agree. Detroit did cover the spread. Detroit, Detroit back to, they can't, they back to a cover the spread. Nice to take the underdog right there. Like, <laughs> So, so yeah, San Fran. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So betters are really mad at San Fran for tanking that back door. That's that's the gambling downfall right there. <laughs> so to your point, week one, I've never taken much stock in uh week two and week three. I'm really still you know, honestly, there's this seasons within the season and kinda there's a lot of yeah, there's Great. a lot of boomer bust players, uh, you know that normally bust out on week weeks one through sometimes two or three or Elijah Mitchell. Yeah. So, I mean, let, let's talk, let's talk some Elijah Mitchell real quick. Oh, here we go. It, he's, it, he, it, he, he's the guy of the week. He's the, he, he's the wave of wire darling this week, but is he actually the guy? Is sermon coming up later in a couple of weeks? Was he put, you know, was he was he put to bed uh, early? You know, does Shanahan really not like him? I, I'm calling it a farce. I I, I think uh, I I think Elijah Elijah Mitchell played very well, but Trey Sermon was cut. He was a healthy scratch this week. To me, there's 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 more of a reason behind that than just Mitchell beating out. Um, you, you know, you know. You, you 
you could you could be right. I mean, there is a reason. Um, you know, my my take on that, and I actually you actually me and you talked actually about it that day. Is I know Sermon had a little knee, and you know they made him inactive. A healthy scratch, which a lot of people thought was a surprise. But me and you went through this, and like again, bigger backs getting a healthy scratch. And I told you, I could understand why. Like they thought Mozart was healthy, right? They no point for injury. And if you're going to carry three backs, Sermon can't play special teams. He's not playing special teams. Well, Elijah Mitchell and Hasty both play special teams. Mm-hmm. So, and we saw the same move in Buffalo where people were shocked because Moss sat. But I actually thought it was a smart move by the Bills. Like, why have two of the same running backs? Like, Moss and Singletary are very similar running backs. And neither one of them could play special teams. So I think, you know, I think teams do that, you know, because they see the versatility. Whereas, you know, and the same thing as like Atlanta, you know, doesn't really have a backup running back because they have Patterson, who plays multiple positions. And I think you see these NFL teams, you know, doing that more and more. They'd rather keep an extra back who can play multiple positions than keep a backup you know, workhorse, you know, just in case of the injury behind the guy. And that's totally understandable. But do we know for guaranteed facts? No, I don't know any of this. This is all speculation. This is all us guessing about, you know, what went on in San Francisco. And uh, am I acquiring Elijah Mitchell? Sure. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to go get him off of waivers. Absolutely. People ask me about fab budget. I told them I wouldn't spend more than 25% of my fab budget. You know, if that's the format you're playing. Because I still think there's a risk. The guy's played, he got cut by a team, he played one game. Yes, I will say, could he be James Robinson? Sure. But you also don't want to blow your season and overpay for a guy who, like you said, Sermon might come out this week and be the guy. And that just might be what they had left in the tank, and they liked him over hasty, and, he, and it was the hot hand. And that's the thing. Shanahan plays, plays that his whole career. His running backs are always hot hand guy. right? So mm-hmm. he doesn't have a preference. So am I buying Mitchell? Yeah. I mean, I always tried to, someone tried to sell me Mitchell. I've been asked about his price and his value. I'm not paying a huge, a huge money for him. If I'm going to trade for him, I'm not paying huge. Um, I, I, you know, maybe a flex player. Um, I think I, I said, I would, I would actually, I think I offered Hunter Renfro for him. This as far as I think. Honestly, that guy, like, what a game he had. Especially in that. I love Renfro, I told you, right? I mean, you know, that Raiders game, you know, both of our guys, your guy Edward looked good, and, you know. Well, we, and, uh, we were Renfro talking. Just he does Renfro things. He just gets open and catches balls. That's all he does. We, we were talking at the beginning of the season that uh, who, who's going to who's going to churn out out of uh, out of that roster is going to be the, the loser here is Ruggs. You know, Edwards wins. <laughs> we all knew that. <laughs> <laughs> Renfro but, wins this week, and we win um, because we had rugs, right? So you're okay. an, you you were you were an Edwards guy. You win. I would, you know, and like I said, I was a Renfro guy. I win, and I and I honestly watching that game, they played better when Rugs wasn't in the game than when he was. You know, so you know, Rugs did obviously you know have his moments, but again, yeah, you know, it's nice to be right too. That's the other thing about week one. It's nice to be right. You know, be wrong, be right, but. Uh, you know, you see a little bit of this, a little bit of that everywhere across the league and, you know, in, in, in different games. You know, what, what was the next game that, that intrigued you? Did um, the, 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 the SmackDown the Texans put on Jacksonville? How about the SmackDown that I knew was going to happen? Because a veteran team like the laughable Texans come out and just lay the SmackDown to the new, the new college coach. Welcome to the NFL. All right. Yeah, that that is more more to do with sixty times in that game. 
that that is more to do they with back. Uh, they were down real hard in that game, but still they abandoned the run way too quick. Coaching, can you hear coaching. me? So yeah. that I that that game to me was more of Jacksonville uh, and Urban Myers need you know just not understanding NFL football rather than the Texans being a dominant team uh, because the Texans as collective I have no faith in oh, no. for the oh. season. This might be one of their few wins. Oh year. no! Oh no! Oh no! You're right. I mean, I was a dominant team. I said veteran team, right? A veteran team knows how to play. A lot of veteran players. And you're right, right? I mean, I personally don't think that Urban Myers will be here in a couple of years. But you know what? Yeah, you're right. I mean, and again, the, the first inexperienced thing you see is when you look at you can look at the box score, look at the game, and when you give James Robinson gets five carries, it's kind of a problem. Like I, I know they gave it to Hyde and he had touches, but I'm like, and I know they're behind early in that game. You, you got to run the ball. <laughs> Oh, Hyde's gonna be the the new running back. I mean, meanwhile, he, he's the new yeah. running back. Well, me, yeah. meanwhile, Mark Ingram's over here getting like twenty six carries. Like he's just coming out of the <laughs> he's coming out of the coming out of the grave here, right? I mean, well, fine, they give him volume of carry, right? So, I mean, and, and again, you know, that goes back to the circle about a point where I see it, like you know, teams who are prepared and veteran teams. And I, I'm not saying that Houston's great, and we know that Houston's got a bad roster and a bad team. That's a veteran team, you know. People knock that team; they have solid veterans, like they. You know, yeah. Um, Tyrod Taylor's been in this league. Brandon Cooks has been in these leagues. David Johnson's been mocking the, these are these are veteran professional guys, right? Yeah, it's a bad team, but you know people again look for the new high flying offenses like Jacksonville. That's why I laughed when I saw that game. I was like, Houston's gonna beat this team. This Jacksonville team has zero identity. They've receivers all over the place. Right? I think he threw most of those balls to tight ends. Um, they just don't have an identity yet. And a rookie quarterback, you know, so. Yeah, you're going to see a little bit early. You're right. I mean, will the Texans come out and win you know, seven, eight games? No, I don't think so. But, like, these are the spots where you see that. And 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 to circle back to your point about, like, parts of the season, yeah, I look at, like, weeks one, two, three as, like, progression. Like, if you're slowly getting better, you know, week two and then week three, I'm like, okay, I'm in. But, like, you know, this is going to be the week where you're going to regress or you're going to get worse, you're going to get better. Um, you know, and that's obviously – the fate that Aaron Rodgers and the Packers have this week, right? Because if they come out and struggle this week, if they come out, I feel bad. This I, week, I, really, I really do. I mean, it's I like Jordan. Aaron it's lot, Jordan but. Love. It really is. It's Jordan Ooh, Love at this point. It was, no, it, it's 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 retirement. Then is Jeopardy still hiring them? Because he's not just going to leave. I mean, he, he's going to walk away for two struggling games. His his legacy would be awful. I think his legacy is a little too high as it is now, but. You know, he's a great quarterback. But, well, he took out yeah, for his you know, role model. I'm not worried about five, right? Like that's a team where, yeah, I expect them to come out and produce this week. To to me, uh, to me, this ending well, is not all the Brett Favre. No, I, I, no, no one, no one can take over Brett Favre. No one can to, take over that. I mean, you know, you you can't take that many painkillers and still live. <laughs> <laughs> to me, this is very. Uh, I mean, other than other than. Rogers going to other teams. To me, it's very Favre-esque. You know, he had the tap tantrum when um, when Rogers got put on. You know, wasn't necessarily the the best helper in in kind of coaching and mentoring. Oh, the, the the same thing, right? The same right thing Rogers did with Love. That same situation. Yeah, that that one. So so now we're at the point where he, you know, if the Packers. Have got to got to put him on a short leash and just just pull it at some point. 
if if things don't produce. But that also, I mean, that was really his Do you first really? game. I mean, yeah, yeah, of course. I like time to move Yeah, no, on. I agree with you. I, I, I mean, the I, guy I, didn't I, show I, up. That was and, his first game. And, and, I, and I, and I, I, no training camp. Hasn't been there all offseason. Exactly. You know, Adams is the same way. So yeah, I mean, I'm not worried about those two teams. I'm, I'm, I'm really not worried about the Packers too much. But you're right. I mean, some guys take differently what guys sit behind them. Right. I think Aaron Rodgers, you know, a lot of people brought that up. You know, maybe he feels the pressure of blah, blah, blah. I said, well, you know, Tom Brady didn't feel that pressure. Like he rised above it. And I think, you know, Rodgers will do the same thing. I think he's going to come out and have one of his best years this season. I'm not, I'm honestly, I'm not, I'm not worried about him. I mean, you know, so I think they'll be fine. Their opponents seem to look good, right? Jameis Winston, who brought this guy to the party, right? Who, who brought your old boy back to the party? Just looking like the old Winston without the, Without the turnovers in the uh, didn't have a key turnover in the end zone, but he looked good. Had a key turnover in the end zone, he looked good. I think one of the uh, one of the best things that I saw from Winston one 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 turnover for him is 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 better than the three he averages. So we'll take that as none for Winston. (laughs) One thing that I I I really liked about Winston though was the simple fact that he uh, you know. Peyton controlled him. Peyton controlled the tempo. Peyton controlled the the way the the game needed to get rolled out. And you know, Breeze and Peyton. This is what I was alluding to all off season. Really put in a lot of work with him, and it's it's turned out to be. You know, it's only week one. I'm not crowning him with much of anything, but to have five TDs in one one game, that's not a bad thing to start with. It's not bad chemistry to start with. No, and I'll I'll no, give you. And, and you know what? He, he go ahead. What do you got? Oh, I was going to give you some other receiving touchdowns that were uh, pretty pretty eye opening. So you got Corey Davis with two. Go you got go ahead. You got Rob Gronkowski with two. You got DeAndre Hopkins with two. You got Amari Cooper with two. Travis Kelsey with two. Then you have Jawan Johnson. With two touchdowns, <laughs> Juwan Johnson. Yeah, we circle back there, folks. Don't worry. So, very briefly, very briefly about this guy. Tall, he'll high point the ball. To me, he's a stash now. You know, if if there's a if the if you got room on on a roster, you know, everybody else has been picked up, or you didn't, you know, you wanted to spend minimal on your on your. Uh, Fab budget, go pick him up with a with a minimal with a minimal offer. Or uh, I I think he's going to be a nice stash. I I've already gone ahead and redraft and picked him up because if that consistency still happens can, in the uh, end zone, I, I, I'm I'm intrigued by it. Yes, consistency, and and I, I will tell you this: I think his I think his ceiling or his comp, if he has the best season, I think he can. By the flash we saw last weekend, even though he still lined up as another two tight end, but he is he's a very athletic tight end, catches ball. I I look at him and I, I see a, a version of like Robin Tanya, right? He's gonna be very touchdown dependent, right? But absolutely there in a team in a high flying offense. Yeah, I want the touchdown dependent guy. I absolutely want that tight end who's going to be touchdown dependent. Was he another two tight end? Yeah, but he looks like the receiving threat. And like you said, he high points the ball. He's a big physical, you know, and we love those specimens. Those big physical, you know, tight ends who aren't true tight ends, but they're just an added weapon on the field. And I thought the Saints did a great job of being the old Saints. And I thought I saw this from multiple teams and coaches who run systems. 
I saw them use old systems and systems they use. And the Saints, you know, Drew Brees in his prime, what did he do? He threw the ball all over the place. He threw the ball to everybody, right? And Winston's always problem was he used to key in on two guys, right? So I mm-hmm. think that's a big thing that you saw in that game. You know, because people talk about Winston Turner, well, why? Well, it, it, he did. He, and, they, and they taught him reason. They taught him to say, and that's the same system. That's Sean Payton's system they taught him. They taught him, hey, trust trust the system, right? Trust the system in a win. And, and you showed that because he threw to multiple different players, right? Don't worry about who the player is. You just throw the open guy. And that's what he did. And I thought he did a good job of it. And uh, obviously, you know, it, it got the Packers off guard because I'm sure they were expecting three, three, three freebies from Winston. And they didn't get him. So, um, yeah, no, it's nice to see it. Again, you know, veteran coaching, you know, in some of these teams, you can see it. I mean, these teams had game plan for week one for like months. And you saw some teams who did, you know, teams who came out, you know, look at the Saints. And I saw, man, Sean Payton had basically this whole first half scripted already like a month ago, right? He already had, they, they were working on this whole first half drive. Like, you know, you know what I mean? And you could see some of that in these teams in week one. And you could see other teams find their identity. And that where it goes back to the week one, like, Enjoy it. Don't overreact too much. And, mm-hmm. you know, and, and find the gems, right? That's that's the biggest thing, you know, that I look for is you find guys like Johnson. Right? I mean, more is going to cost more. More is going to cost more. I think Hasty's cheaper. I don't love Hasty as a talent. He didn't show me much last year. But, again, I, I'd still go pick a guy up like that. You know, I mean, on the other hand, the Saints, the guy who surprised me in that game, is little Jordan Humphreys no show? I was surprised. That that one surprised me. He was he's another dart throw I had, but you know what? I see that Saints team and I said, okay, now I know what it is. I said, you're gonna throw around to everyone and basically till Thomas comes back, and then that'll be like the one guy there. And told that it's probably Kamara that I want to own, and maybe you know Johnson on that team or, or Winston, obviously. So yeah, no, that was that I was, was gonna was say if you went zero, got, nice comeback. Guy. If you went zero QB in your draft this year, you know, Winston could be a nice stash or, you know, on somebody that you're still watching and maybe play. I did. I, I did. I did that. And I didn't even get him off a waiver claim. He went so high on the waiver claim. Of course I won. So that, that's the whole curse. When you win week one, you don't get a high waiver claim, but yeah, you're right. I mean, he's a nice guy to have in a backup and you know, he's a nice start throw, but yeah, they look good. So who were your gems? Who who are some other gems that you you want to talk about this week? I know Debo Samuel for you. You were significantly higher on Did Debo sh- Samuel than Ayuk, and he balled. Uh, I I was, and and he and he balled exactly like he always does. And the reason why from day one I was behind, you know higher on than Ayuk is because in my mind I see Samuel and Ayuk as the same player, and all off season I see Ayuk going five to ten rounds earlier. I can get the same guy later on I, I, again. And it's that, you know, that buy-in to what have you done for me lately? You know, Samuel's been nicked up the last couple of years. Ayu came in, you know, second half of the season played really well. So that's what people see and tend to remember. Um, so, you know, I thought that, you know, that value was there. And I, you know, I thought, you know, guys who, who showed up and played well, um, I, I was never concerned with like a lot of these guys who, who people were really, really concerned with. I mean, they just show up. I Man, Thielen just shows up every week, right? I mean, again, another guy that we said was was a great value tile off. Thielen right? looked great. That's who has Metcalf, right? I mean, Thielen looked great, right? Touchdown. I mean, he had, he had touchdowns, and people say, "Wow, he's not gonna, you know, he's gonna regress." 
he got a bump. What people don't realize is he got a bump up without Irvin because he's basically the red zone threat now. Like they don't throw to Jefferson really like because Jefferson gets you know the opportunity. It's, it's Thielen who's the red zone target when they get down there. So again, you know, so Thielen uh, has little stuff like that. Um, and it's you know, nine receptions and two touchdowns. You, you can't be upset about that. Can't be upset about that at all. That's a great game for him. No. No, and that's, I mean, those are some of the numbers that, you know, we'd like to look at. I mean, yeah, and people ask me, you know, what numbers do I look at after week one or what numbers do I look at? And again, if you want to dig into numbers, like those are two numbers that I like to look at all the time. If I'm looking for something is I want to look at, you know, what the target was, right? Well, how many targets did you get, you know, slash target share? And then, you know, snap share, right? Did you play a lot of snaps, right? We wanted off the field, right? I mean, stuff like that, where I actually think, I'm not 100% guaranteed, but I think there was only one running back who had 100% snap share. And I believe that was Harris, or the Pittsburgh running back. We didn't play great, but again, you know, that's something I look at, and that's something I might try to exploit. I actually have tried to do it, and it didn't work, but I, I kicked the tires on a Harris owner. Was he, is he a week one, like, oh, that guy sucks? Because he didn't play well. But when I dig into it, I said he got 100% of the running back shares. Yeah, well, I'm going to buy that just for the upside of that. <laughs> so, I mean, sometimes maybe, you know, don't be the guy to be overreacting to week one. I'm a big guy trying to buy everyone who's struggling in week one, right? I'm trying to go buy like a Mike Evans or like a Julio Jones or like an A.J. Brown, right? I'm trying to buy people who struggle week one who should come out and produce, you know, somewhat a little bit better. Uh, I think that's the value you can find in week one if you're looking. Um, and then – I think there's a lot of value wide receiver on the waiver wire. I mean, we saw a lot of number two wide receivers, and we saw a lot of unsure, you know, positions about teams kind of showing us who, like the Colts, right? We were all wondering who's going to be the number one receiver, right? Who's going to, who is it going to be, right? And who was it? The old faithful just doesn't go away, right? Our old, your old buddy, Zach Pasquale. This guy doesn't go away. He doesn't. Well, you know and I see I've that. dropped him. You know I've picked him up. I've dropped he, him again. He doesn't. That, that bastard. That bastard. He it and all he does is come out and catch balls and catch touchdowns. And I see that they said, yeah, he's not flashy and this and that. The guy just catches balls. Yeah, it might be talented, but that shows me week one. So if I'm going to pick up a wide receiver, I'm going to pick up him, which is similar to another guy who's a little bit talented to him. And the same thing you kind of say about Sterling Shepard, guy who just always seems to be around and always seems to be the number two, but he always produces the number one volume when he's on the field, right? And I love Kenny Galladay. I think Kenny Galladay is a better receiver, and I think he's the number one receiver. And I think that in obviously it's a, that's an adjustment period with the quarterback wide receiver, but that shows me something. That shows me Shepard's going to get the ball and that Jones trusts Shepard and when he's going to jam, that's where he's going to go. Okay, yeah, was Ingram out, so maybe that's a couple more targets. But, like, again, you know, he's a guy who was available in a lot of leagues. In dynasty leagues, he's probably not. I know Zach Pasquale's available in some dynasty leagues. You know, and similar guys like him, Hunter Renfro, very similar kind of situation. You know, I get, you know, six, what, six catches, 70 yards. He was the number three guy we talked about in the offseason. You know, these are the kind of guys that I'm going to look to go get right now, you know, off the waiver wire. Maybe somebody who got a higher target share. Um, I think, and there was a handful of tight ends in that situation. Um, there are pretty much no running backs um, <laughs> that really piqued the interest. There's a couple I'll mention at the end who I like as backup dart throws. But I thought there's a wide receiver talent. I mean, if you're a standard wide receiver, like I said, I mean, look at the way wire. There's a bunch. I mean, another guy like – another guy – oh, you know the same guy is who just shows up? 
Tim Patrick, another guy I love. Same kind of guy. It's like Zach Pasquale on the Broncos. This guy just shows up. Someone goes down, Patrick comes in. What does he do? Well, he doesn't catch big. No, he just catches balls. Catches everything you throw at him, right? Zach Pasquale, you know, Tim Patrick. These guys are, are, are viable receivers. A- am I going, am I putting the guy in and starting him now? No. No. But if I'm looking for an extra, you know, receiver on my bench, yeah, you know, Judy's out. You know, this Judy kid looks is solid. Out. Looks you know, like I he's mean, it's be better. I, I would rather go get a guy like that. He's out. Judy's out. What sounds to be yeah, about? I'm not worried about Hamler. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm gonna tell you why maybe you should be a little more interested <laughs> in Hamler. So Hamler is <laughs> thank you. Thank Hamler is currently sitting right next to uh, Teddy Bridgewater. That was the newest storyline um, in the locker room. So you know you want to talk about development. You want to talk about players who have the raw talent, but maybe need a little more uh, coaching and development and, and things like that. And I think Hamler, I think it's going to be Tim Patrick for the next couple of weeks. But I think if, you know, Judy's injury lingers a little bit longer, Hamler could be a guy um, that dynasty owners may want to watch a little bit closer um, with him going from one, one side of the uh, locker room to literally being right next to Bridgewater. To me, that tells me, that Bridgewater trusts the raw ability. He threw him the ball already a couple of times, and I think there could be a little more chemistry that's being developed. But they, make no mistake, Judy is the one, and it wasn't Sutton. Judy, Judy was leading in targets. He was leading at looks. Bridgewater trusts Judy. Bridgewater wants Judy back. So... Oh, yeah. I mean, that shouldn't have been a surprise to people. I mean, the people who talk well, about Well, there's been a lot of people. That's been the no guy that everybody seems to keep Judy's talking. Judy's always that number one guy. I mean, I actually did. It's... <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so this whole conversation. But, and, and, and you know what? Um, you know, we're gonna, I'm going to wrap up the, the, the Hamler versus Patrick argument, right? So if you were going the waiver wire and you were picking up and you're a Hamler versus Patrick, right? Here's the two variations of the difference. Patrick is going to be very solid, right? Catches everything, going to get a couple of touchdowns here with you. Hamler is the upside, right? He's the speed upside guy. So if you want a safe, if you want a safe play, Patrick. If you want the upside play, Hamler. There you go, right? And that you know that, and that's what you can find. Right? You can, you know, there's a few teams who showed you some stuff like that where I think you can, you know, you can find a little value. And I don't think there was a ton of it, honestly, in Week One. Um, Especially now because people become smarter and keeping more guys on their bench. Oh, this is, but I mean, just, um, Tom, that whole overreacting, you know, um, we just just don't just don't overreact. It's still only week one. Give it a couple weeks. You know, if you have some guys that are getting ready to that you're getting ready to drop, uh, and you didn't think you saw enough. Um, don't base it off of week one yet. Trust your process. Maybe go another week two or three. I'll tell you another guy, uh, tight end, who uh, is low on a lot of people's radars. Um, and he's not a guy yeah. I'm dropping yet is Jaseki. Jaseki's a guy I'm not dropping yet. Smythe was oh. in with more snaps, not because of ability. It was because their left tackle is a rookie and injured, and they needed all the help they could get. Meanwhile, Waddle took the slot 
slot snaps, which was what Jacecki was getting. So my concern, uh, that's something I'm monitoring, you know, because if you're putting in Smythe over, over Jacecki, that tells me it's because um, you need better pass protection. But Jacecki's a guy that has the natural ability. Um, and I, I think, uh, I think too, we'll get him the ball. So, 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 so now you heard, you heard from a Gusecki owner and a truther. So now you're going to hear from the other side and I'm going to tell you to find a guy like Bobby and sell him Gusecki now, if you can get a sinking ship and we both could be right. Bobby is right. There could be upside there. And I saw it. And I've been concerned with day one about that target share. And you're right about the tackle and why they had to put Smythe in. But what concerns me more is uh, is the guy, Will Fuller, when he comes back, that's another guy on that target share. I personally don't think it's going to happen. But again, if you're you're telling me you want to buy him, I I will say this because we talk about don't overreact. But, like, I'm all in with buying cheap risk this week. Like, I'm all in trying to buy guys like Gusecki. Do I like Gusecki? And do I think he'd get better? No, but I'll buy him cheap enough for the lottery ticket. Like, absolutely mm-hmm. go buy these guys. You know, owner gets pissed. And, like, and that's the thing in Dynasty. Like, Bobby still got faith behind Gusecki. But I know other Gusecki who are already off this fucking train. And we're like, I'm out. And I'm like, okay, I don't believe in Gusecki, but maybe I hit that lottery ticket. Like, those are the guys you kind of – like, those are the guys I'm looking to kick the tires on is I'm trying to buy – you know, the guys who struggle week run. I'm trying to I'm trying to make the people who overreact in week one pay for that shit, right? Mm-hmm. If you don't overreact, you do the smooth move and be like, oh, you know, and that's where you talk to your owners. Like, talk to a guy, hey, what do you think about this game? Oh, dude, that guy sucked. I, I, I got to get him off my team. What do you want from him? <laughs> <laughs> well, you, I'm, I'm going I'm, I'm to tell you one thing right now. Am I going to buy Jusecki? Yes extremely low and i mean incredibly low six round pick is probably all i'm all i'm going for 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 Jusecki at this point meanwhile when i thought he had the upside two years ago i gave up a couple of running backs to acquire him uh and those, those running backs were uh eckler and carson so i don't know I was pretty high on the guy. Thought he had the talent. And um, uh, he's currently shitting in my face. So it's awesome. Yeah, no, it's, it's not it's not really that awesome. I, I wouldn't call it like awesome, awesome. But yeah, you, you know, you're right. I mean, there's some of that stuff where it kind of blows up in your face. I mean, and you didn't see the the outcome. And again, we talk about dynasty gets personal. Sometimes it's hard, you know, because Bobby deep down knows, knows the Gusecki thing is against him. But again, you drafted a guy for a reason, and you stand on that pedestal. You should, if you like a guy, stand on that pedestal. Like, don't you know? But Will Fuller doesn't scare me, brother. Will Fuller does not scare me. Half the time, he's uh, he's either dead or asleep at the wheel. (laughs) I agree. That's why. That's that's why I said Will Fuller target share. Though I said you know, but because he's on the field, when he's on the field, you got to throw him the ball. So it's less target share. so and you're right, and that you know, and that's that's where you know it's a little bit you know different of what you can find, um, you know. And speaking of tight ends, there's a tight end who I like who played really who produced well. If you're talking about value tight ends, because if I'm a Gasecki owner, I'm starting them. I'm probably hitting the waiver wire. I'm looking for a tight end, right? 
So, I mean, a guy I like who thought I played well, nothing flashy, was, um, uh, oh, who was it? Oh, it was Farrell Brown, right? Right, nice little surprise out of Houston, right? Right, had a solid game. Julian Aiken, you can drop that guy now. Get off that train. Been too fucking long. Okay. Okay, I've been off and on that train for years. I'm now off. Yeah, and I know week one don't overreact. But when a guy has literally just been fucking mediocre for like four years at this point, that's the seals of the deal. <laughs> right. And and, Far- and I like this kid. I like Farrell Brown. I like the way he played in the offense. You know, I mean, he had five targets, you know, four catches, 67 yards and a touchdown. Fine. If I'm looking for another two tight end or I have exactly problems like this and tight ends out there. I thought, you know, if Conklin's still available, I thought he, you know, he played pretty decently. Um, there was a couple other tight ends. Um, actually, uh, my other guy, my other long shot is Knox. Knox didn't play great, but he didn't play bad. Um, I think he had four catches on four targets. Um, I believe he got 100% of the snap share. That's that's stuff I'm looking for. If I'm looking for a backup tight end, yeah, am I saying, you know, he's going to really produce, and I'm saying, you know, Farrell Brown? No, but I see these guys as, you know, guys who could probably get you 8 to 12 a week. But now you know that, you know, I estimate the Farrell Brown, you know, I always question him when he starts. Like I said, oh, I assume he's going to get me 10 points probably a week because it looks like he might see five targets every week. You know, and I think, you know, Knox hopefully gets more than four. You want him in the six range would be a little bit nicer. Um, but, you know, again, those little things you can look for. Again, I'm a Knox owner. So, like, yeah, you know, I'm on both sides. But when you see a guy get four targets, four catches, you're going, well, you know, he caught everything that was thrown at him. And that's a huge thing when you look at a guy and you're like, oh, man, this guy struggled. He had this. I'm like, well, he caught everything thrown at him. They just didn't mm-hmm. throw any more balls to him. <laughs> I mean, what's he supposed to do? <laughs> So, I mean, you have that situation. And I think there's a lot. I think there's, you know, there's value that you can find, you know, in, in between in the weeds that you can um, that you can that you can find out there, especially in the wide receiver tight end position. I think there's some value on the way that you can go get. And there's some there's some guys who play pretty reliably. I mean, you know, these guys are talking about. You know, they're not going to come out and be your number one guy, you know, but these guys could slide in and be, you know, your bye week fill in two tight end league, you're looking for a second tight end, you know, stuff like that. That's what you're looking for, you know, a lot of the stuff, you know, where you carry, you know, especially, you know, all these project receivers, you know, I mean, uh, you know, I own a guy like Quest Watkins, right? I thought he played, I thought he played good, you know, didn't get a huge target share, but when they threw on the ball, he caught and played well. Again, I thought there's a lot of guys like that um, who you can exploit and see upside too. And then there's guys who fizzle and there's guys, you know, but I think the guys who didn't play real well were a lot of guys that we weren't really high on, like that we weren't really that high on. I know a lot of people complain about Tyler Boyd. Um, I had concerns they were going to carry 3,000-yard receivers, so I thought Tyler Boyd was the man out. And am I saying I'm wrong or right? Again, if you drafted Tyler Boyd, you own him. You can't get out of him now. You're not going to get the value. So you got a situation you ride it out and hope it gets better. You know, the same thing. We saw, you know, guys, we talk about value, like like Brandon Cooks, right? Talk about value. Brandon Cooks just does what Brandon Cooks does. Right? Just catch balls, right? Just <laughs> bad teams, good teams. Just go out there and, and, and catch And you're the right? first and, one to say that you are not a Cooks about. fan, by the way. You're Never, the first not, one to Not say. until this year. It was funny because somebody brought this up to me a couple months ago. I'm not. I'm not a Cooks fan. And, and, and I got brought up because someone called me up because I've never been a Lockett fan. And all of a sudden this year, I've been pounding the table for Lockett. We're like, why? I go, well, they got Metcalf there. Different situation. I said, now he's not, doesn't see double coverage, right? Brandon Cooks, I see in uh, almost in the opposite light. Brandon Cooks has always kind of been like a number two receiver. Like, there's always been another weapon besides him, 
right? But now there's nobody else there. <laughs> there's really nobody else there on that team. Uh, I like Nico Collins, but that's I think that's a year away into the season. Um, so yeah, on that target share, I you know I, I want a guy like that because I, like I said, he was cheap and you know, and now unfortunately, you know, you're probably not going to get him because be like, oh, he was great. You know, again, uh, he's a guy you wait for a bad week and then you buy him and then you know the up and down play. But well, you know, I thought there was a lot of you know up and down play and and, and the and the value in teams and offenses that we thought about was going to be there was going to be there. I mean. You know, you, you saw some target share numbers, right? Um, what was the other question I can answer? Jacksonville, right? I know he threw 60-something balls, so it was hard. But people were curious, who's the wide receiver? Who's going to get the volume? Well, it was Chanel. He got the most targets in the thing, right? That's I'm not taking a lot. Not, a lot. I'm not taking a lot with that. No? That, he get the most targets in the team? It was, it was Shark. That got 12 Ooh. targets. Was it Shark? It was. He got How many 12. Catches? Yeah. So that's the difference. Really? Three. Ah, Three receptions. So, oh, that's what it was. Catches. My misspoke. It was catches. Sorry. I, I yep. apologize. You're right. I knew it was a number. I knew he had one of the numbers. You're right. I so, did. You know what? I did see that. That's probably so why I ignored I, it because I saw that weird shark anomaly. It was like, and I, God. And that was that was a lot of that was a lot of forced balls though. So he might have had 12 targets, but those balls were were forced in by Lawrence, and he was going through the progressions, and it looks like Shark was still. The top progression, he was still getting used to the speed of the game. This was his first loss ever. Professional. In Pop Honor, his regular season, this is his first regular Ooh. season loss. Ooh. So, you know, <laughs> a little bit of growing pains for the kid. You know, I don't feel bad for him by any stretch of the imagination. Good for you for producing wins day in and day out. But... Uh, it Chenault did have more of the receptions. Um, thank you. That's what it was. It, he had seven, and seven actually, the bigger point is the, nine uh, targets, seven, seven receptions, seven. and 50 yards. Seven. So, and, uh, Shark and, was going deep, Chenault was short. Yep. And, and, and again, to circle back to that point about, um, about, about the targets here on the team, and those are the numbers that we like to use and we see that's a game where. Honestly, like that doesn't matter to me. Like I looked at that game, and, and you write the shark target numbers, and then the Chanel catches. You would have been like, "Oh, okay. Well, this shows you this." Yeah, but then you look at the why. I don't expect Lawrence to throw the ball sixty times, so I gotta take that game out the window. Whatever I saw in targets here, because if he throws sixty times, he's not gonna last in the NFL. Like, he's just gonna get killed. <laughs> so I mean, let's hope you know that again. You're right. That's a team where week one. I don't have a lot to go on because he threw so many passes. It's hard to gauge what would have been if he had the funniest part of him laughing. I'm going to say if he only had 40, 40 attempts into 60. It might have been a better game. I got a question for you. Go ahead. Swift. Did he have. Yeah. Did, was, did he have more attempts rushing or more targets? He had more targets. He absolutely did. Yeah, I know. He had 11 yeah, I know. targets to, yeah, yeah. Well, it's wild, well, wild. Well, um, I thought there was multiple reasons. Um, I thought, I thought, yeah, it was wild. I actually didn't surprise me too, too much because of the question. Because uh, Swift was questionable, and then all of a sudden he was cleared. He was playing for week one. So I kind of knew they'd give Williams a little feed, a little ball. 
And again, like teams do a hot hand. And Williams was running better between the tackles than Swift was. Yes, that was a trick question. Space. It was the same. They had a, he had 11 targets and 11, 11 attempts rushing. It's a trick question. But to me, it was just a, a weird anomaly that he was one of the leaders in targets. Oh, fuck you, uh, but yeah, Swift, he's Swift, good, Swift yeah. had the, the, the trick part of that was Lamar Jackson actually had more attempts, rushing attempts, than Swift. That's what I thought was, yes. was interesting. Yeah, I mean, I think Swift got more Swift got more fantasy points than Lamar Jackson did. So uh, I'll take that in the end. Uh, but yeah, I don't. So, have, I'm not worried about Swift. Like a couple people said that. I mean, I, again, I think Swift is be. fine there. Um, no, nah, no, nah, you shouldn't be. I think again, injury is in pot hand, and they showed they trusted him. You know, they're down. He's on the field. You know, I kind of saw that more. You know, so they his, trust him multiple ways. Hopkinson did yeah. well. Hawkinson was getting yeah, the we ball. Saw, we, we saw that. Um, if if you want to if you want to touch this wide receiver core, which we it's still St. Brown to me. It's still St. Brown sitting and waiting. But um, and now with Williams out in a concussion, uh, you know, because people ask me why do he throw all backs? You know, you know, can he not throw downfield? I'm like, who who's he throwing to downfield? They don't really have anybody. Like they're downfield. So when your when your highest when your highest target share goes to your running back at eleven and then ten to your tight end, uh, and somehow your 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 wide receivers aren't mentioned. Who was the uh, who's the top who's the top target of wide receiver? Give me one second on that. I can't. I can't remember. It was Jamal uh, Williams. No. Nope. Uh, wide was receiver it, was it Raymond? Jamal Williams was had nine Raymond? targets too. Jesus Christ, I have to go down way too far. Receiver. I don't even have this. I know. Oh, all right, you're good. Don't worry about it. It was low. I think it was like three. I think one. I think a couple of them had three. Honestly, if I had to tell you, uh, top of my head, uh, I don't want any part of that wide receiver core unless it's St. Brown, and I'm going to stash and wait. Trinity so, Benson please. with six. Yeah, that's the other guy. It was Benson, right? Benson. And I think Raymond had a couple and the uh, uh, quiz thesis there. I'm looking, you know. Cephas. The, the, the Q master Cephas. over there. Had, yeah, yeah. Cephas, Cephas. I did Cephas, like Cephas. He, he, uh, you know. I, I personally just liked the, his resolve and, and his ability to catch. But, you know, you have to get the ball thrown to you, too. So, uh, yeah. But, mm-hmm. yeah. Um, yeah Going into this week, do you have any any other gems or waiver wire waiver wire guys you want to talk about? Before we get into that, before we even get into that next one, right? We're gonna talk about one more game before we go here, right? We're gonna talk about one more game because as as because we have to, right? And that is that is the first appearance and start of Mr. Mac Jones, right? And the New England Patriots take it on the Miami Dolphins, right? We talked about the Dolphins a little bit, but we kind of skipped over the Patriots, right? We kind of skipped over the uh, the uh, air quotes Patriots fans. Mac Jones looked good, right? First of all, let me tell you this. Right, I'm going to start off by saying this preference. I've been a lifelong Patriots fan. I was a season ticket holder for many years. I've never had Patriots fans on a Monday after a loss be so fucking happy in my life that it really concerns me. And we kind of said this, and I said this all off season is it's you know, sales job. Because all I heard everyone say was, 
hey, Mac Jones played well. I said, they fucking lost. Yeah, but Mac Jones played well with a smile. I was like, wait, all of a sudden we accept losing? Oh, he's a rookie. Okay, that's 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 just my that's my minute pedestal of both. That's bullshit. That's fine. It's called the reset. Don't care how the guy looks. It's called the reset. It's called the sell job. It's called the sell called the sell job because Cam Newton lost that game. People would be like, "We're going to suck and we're going to be shitty," and they would have been grumpy. But you lose the game, and because Mac Jones is on the team, you make yourself fucking feel better. That's bullshit. Anyways, I digress off that pedestal that pissed me off because I'm a Patriots fan. So yeah, did Mac Jones play solid? Yes. By fucking smiling on Monday? No, I was pissed. They lost the fucking game. They, no, they uh-huh. like that. Like, I'm not. Win. I'm not happy that you know you you end up. You know, just is Damian Harris going to be starting next week? Well, why? Classic Bill in? with with fumbles. I don't know. Did Stevenson Bill, fumble too? Was Stevenson? Uh, was it Taylor? So, oh, so this circles back to my point about what I said earlier when we talked about Peyton. So this is perfect because the Patriots did exactly what I talked about earlier about coaching using old original systems, right? Like the Saints did, right? They use Winston in the system they always use, spread the ball out, right? What did Bill do with Mac Jones? That looked like the Tom Brady rookie year, right? Tom Brady first year as a starter. Their offense looked very similar to we're going to throw quick little passes. We're going to run, 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 quick little passes, two tight ends, wide receivers, not take a lot of deep shots. We're going to play defense, and we're going to do short, quick throws, and it was a great game plan, right? Turnovers killed, right? I think well, it was three to two. I mean, the Patriots need to get turnovers and play well defense to win games. I actually said this before, you know, that's the Patriots games to win are going to be in the low to below 20s to have a chance in that game. But that was great because I thought Mac Jones, and I, and I said this, I, I'm not a big Mac Jones guy, but he's a very good system quarterback. Absolutely. And that old Brady system when they didn't have too many weapons, when they used to just throw those little passes over and over and over again. Yeah, that's a good sign. Absolutely. Uh, absolutely a good sign. But fans should never accept a fucking loss. So let's move on from that. I, so, I agree 100%. I'm going to give you a couple of dots. What do you, you agree? You agree? I, I agree 100%. You off. Uh, well, so, again, I reset because I think it's, it's a little more palatable when a rookie loses than Cam Newton loses because Cam Newton, a veteran, deliver you know when you when you start to see more and more losses you saw enough losses last year that if you're gonna kick the tires again you spent the draft capital you know you're gonna have a longer leash than you would for somebody like cam so yes they may have come in grumpy on monday pissed well at least they didn't this time and i'm okay with it they're they're building a new team it's gonna take some time this is why we work great, right? I do one side, Bobby does the other side. So, oh, and so, Bobby's like, Bobby's trying to wrap me up. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you a couple of running back names because I said it earlier about some deep dive running backs, right? I'm gonna, I'm gonna give you, I'm gonna give you three or four. First of all, a guy I like, right? If you want to go pick him up, because it actually, there's actually two of them, right? I'll, I'll go get uh, McNichols and Sergeant, right? The two running backs for Tennessee, right? You, you want to back up dart throw. McNichols got – he got a couple of uh, catches and some targets, which is a good sign. So this time of year where I look at that, he's a backup running back. I kind of want to go – I kind of like – you got a spot for him, you want to stash one. The other one, the other the other, the other team I'm going to tell you to go get is, is, is go get DJ Dallas or Travis Homer because fucking goddamn Rashad Penny's out. And um, I'm personally cutting ties with Rashad Penny. I'm, I'm fucking done. I'm, I can't deal with that injuries anymore. 
So I'm picking up a couple of Seattle. I'm, I'm picking up Seattle backs for the same reason because, you know, Collins was a healthy scratch and the other two backs played, you know, because they played special teams. They didn't get snaps. Like they got a couple. But again, that's another guy I'm picking up. And I'm going to give you my deep, dark, dark throw, right? I'm going to give you this dark throw because he just made the taxi squad, right? They just signed him and he's on their practice squad. It's fucking our old friend, Carry On Johnson's back in the news again, right? San Fran signs him. Fuck it, go pick him up. Free guy, could be cut by Sunday, could be active. I'm going to get him. What the hell does it cost, right? If you got a roster spot, because they're at eight deep, right? There, there isn't really no running backs. We didn't have a lot of injuries, because so that's why I'm giving these a couple of these deep dark throws. But you want to throw some darts and some backups, you know, it's carry on DJ Dallas, McNichols, Sergeant, um, another guy like Gary Brightwell, one of the Giants, another dart throw, you know, running back you can go get. If you're looking to fill in some back rosters, or you had some guys in IR and you got free roster spots, go look at those backups out there. See who see who got a couple of snaps or who's the backup. You know, and remember, it's week one. Don't overreact.